actually, it does have those antioxidants, the polyphenols in coffee. And we do know that some of those polyphenols act as prebiotics in the gut. So that mm-hmm. means they act as food for the probiotics or, or the microbes that live there. Um, so, yeah, and when we look at some of the, the different health conditions that are influenced by um, caffeine and coffee, um, it kind of makes you wonder just like the gut's probably more involved than what we know at this point in time. This episode is proudly brought to you by Mapper Forward's workshop, It's Time to Become a Coffee Consultant. Learn how to diversify your revenue streams and create freedom from your day job while saying goodbye to that alarm clock forever by becoming a consultant within the coffee industry or directly to consumers who have shifted towards home brewing and home roasting. Protect your income from challenging times in the coffee value chain by taking this course today. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for details. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode three of a five-part series where we are talking with Nicole Dynan, a nutritional gut health expert. No, I keep saying the words all the while. <laughs> gut health specialist, let's just go with that, and dietitian first and foremost. Anyway, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the uh, health benefits of coffee. Um, So Nicole, what are the health benefits of coffee? Well, I think, um, you know, everyone's always looking for a health benefit for coffee, aren't they? Like it's one of the biggest (laughs) questions we get asked. Is it good to drink coffee? Um, Absolutely. Uh, it is. There's a lot of health benefits of coffee. So um, it contains lots of good nutrients. So things like magnesium, you know, niacin, riboflavin, potassium, uh, lots of antioxidants as well. So that's a good start. Wow. Um, and then, of course, there's the caffeine. I mean, the best of all, the benefits. Yes, the best part of all. Um <laughs> So it's actually the most consumed psychoactive substance in the world and coffee is the biggest source of caffeine that's consumed in the world. So, um, yeah, I think that's a pretty good start for being something worth trying. And and are there different, I mean, caffeine's not just caffeine, is it? There's different levels of the kinds of, I mean, caffeine as a molecule is itself a thing. But we talk about the different way that caffeine is available in tea versus in coffee versus in yerba mate, in chocolate, cacao. What? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's different levels in all of those foods. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, coffee, espresso coffee has the most at 100 milligrams per um, shot, I guess. So it's the thing that's going to give you the biggest buzz. Um, instant coffee, pod coffee, you know, anywhere from around 60 to 90 milligrams um, per per teaspoon or per pod. Mm-hmm. Um, energy drinks as well. So this is the thing actually when we're talking about caffeine, um, sometimes people aren't aware that they're going to get caffeine from things like energy drinks and cola mm. or chocolate. Um, and often, you know, when we're consulting one-on-one with our clients, you know, someone might not be sleeping. And when we really delve into the diet, they're having, you know, a couple of bits of chocolate um, before they go to sleep at night. And that's actually the thing keeping them awake. Uh, So yeah, it's really important to know that. And tea 
like you say, it's different. It's about 30 milligrams of coffee mm-hmm. per cup. So it's much less caffeine um, than coffee. Uh, yeah, so there's plenty of other, you know, things we could run through as well. Hot chocolate, about five milligrams. Decaf coffee, about two milligrams. Mm-hmm. Um but it's good to be aware that all of those those different drinks and foods do contain caffeine, um, so you don't overdo it in total in the day. And what, um, like, if we're talking about the health benefits, can caffeine help your gut, the microbiome? Well, you you might view it as a help. Some people view it as a hindrance. Okay. Um, it can stimulate the gut. Um, so a lot of people actually use it to, you know, have a bowel movement in mm-hmm. the morning. Um, so a lot of people do love it for that reason. But other people who are sensitive to it, you know, it could lead to, you know, diarrhea, for for example. Right. So yeah, so it can um, it can over overstimulate the gut in people who are sensitive as well. Does it feed any of our microbiome? Like, does some of it thrive on it? Well, actually, it does have those antioxidants, the polyphenols in coffee, and we do know that some of those polyphenols act as prebiotics in the gut. So that mm-hmm. means they act as food for the probiotics or, or the microbes that live there. Um, so, yeah, and when we look at some of the, the different health conditions that are influenced by um, caffeine and coffee, um, it kind of makes you wonder just like the gut's probably more involved than what we know at this point in time. Right. And what about the relationship from a, like with the benefits, uh, the role that coffee plays on our brain activity? Do we know a lot about that? Well, we definitely know it stimulates um, the brain activity. So um, it when we have coffee, it competes for a receptor called the adenosine receptor mm-hmm. um, in the morning. So it's sort of uh, like what we've been talking about in that it helps to heighten the alertness or the awakeness of the brain, um, whereas adenosine is uh, a, a molecule that really makes us feel tired, I guess. So um yeah, caffeine competes for that receptor, so that's why when we when we have it, we we do feel more alert and awake. Why do some people like? It's really interesting to watch some people uh, go off coffee and really suffer. Why does that happen? <laughs> like they they um, talk about the the headaches, they talk about uh, the cravings. Is it a habitual thing, or is it something that is going on chemically within us? Yeah, so it is a stimulant. It is a psychoactive substance, so mm-hmm. it can be addictive. So it's almost like, yeah, we're withdrawing from a drug in a way when we when we go off caffeine um, and then, yeah, we might suffer those headaches because of the effect it does have on the brain. You know, our bowel movements might slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, we might generally just feel rotten um, until the body recalibrates and, and has got that caffeine out of the system because caffeine can last uh, in our system, you know, for some people up to 12 hours or even longer wow. just depending on the individual. Yeah. I um, I stupidly once was on like a diet where you had to buy all these specific supplements and whatnot and the person had said to me, um, you can't have caffeine. And I said, why? And they said, because once caffeine is in your system, 
your body works really hard and it only focuses on getting rid of the caffeine. So it doesn't digest any other nutrients. Is is there any truth to that? I don't think so. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me very happy. No, it, it, that's absolutely, um, it's not going to prevent you absorbing other nutrients in your body um, at all. So, yeah, your body, you know, it's very clever. It's going to be able to absorb uh, nutrients from other foods and drinks that you have as well. Um, but it can last, the effect of coffee can last in your system, as I said, for quite some time. So, you know, that's why we love it. Keeps us going. Totally. How come some people yeah. can have a, an espresso after dinner and still have no problem sleeping while others can't have a cup of tea after 10 a.m.? I know everyone dislikes those people that can have their espresso <laughs> after dinner and not have their sleep. I'm one of it. those people. I've always wondered why. Yeah. I've always wondered <laughs> why, why caffeine coffee. doesn't stop me from sleeping. Right. Oh, you're one of the lucky ones that does, you know, has a genetic difference. Um, and so you're not sensitive to caffeine the way that a lot of other people are. Okay. Um, yeah. Whereas for me, like it's midday and beyond that, we're awake all night. <laughs> yeah, the so, weird thing about it is like most of the time that's the case and then sometimes if I have a cup of tea at lunch, I'm lying in bed at 3 a.m. wondering what's going on, whereas on <laughs> other days I'm like having an, a, an espresso when I go out to dinner and I've yeah. got no problem. Why the difference? Is I that just a don't thing? know the answer to that question. I don't know if it's a build-up um, oh. uh, potentially what you've had you know, the day or two before right. or, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, otherwise I don't know how I would yeah. answer that question. Mm. Um, and what role does hydration play in all of that? Like the relationship well, of water and mm. coffee seems to be a very interesting one that people keep trying to find correlations with. Yes, exactly. But there has been research to show that it's not dehydrating, um, particularly like at standard levels of you know, three to 400 milligrams of caffeine or, or three to four cups of coffee. So, you know, for for most people, you know, it's not a problem in terms of hydration. Um, but I also think, you know, we do need to focus on just making sure, particularly if we're in an office environment or somewhere where there's air conditioning, um, you know, probably where you are now, there's probably air conditioning everywhere. Everywhere. Um, and it's yeah, and it can be quite dehydrating. Really? Um, yeah, air conditioning, absolutely. Um, I know myself when I go into the office, I feel absolutely parched on those days. Okay. Um, yeah, so making sure keeping up your water levels in addition to your coffees, of course, um, won't go astray. Another myth that I just remembered, when you have coffee black, Versus when you have it with milk, if we're talking about the health benefits, does the role of caffeine, like we used to think that, and I don't know if this is still the case, but when you add milk to caffeine, that the caffeine attaches itself to the calcium that's in the milk rather than, and that leads to a different way that it reacts in your body. Is there any truth to that? Um, well, we still would, um, I don't know is the answer, um, mm -hmm. but we would still, you know, encourage people like, um, you know, 
to consider the calcium that they're getting in those kind of drinks as well. Okay. Um, but, you know, for most people it might be a dash or it might be a, a small amount. It's probably, you know, not going to contribute overly to your calcium levels in the day. So you probably still need to focus on that outside of your cup of coffee regardless. Yeah, nice. So mm-hmm. bringing it back to workplace well-being, mm-hmm. um, in the next episode we're going to kind of connect a lot of this together and start talking about the diversity because one thing that I can tell you here is that a lot of the people that work in the coffee industry in the Middle East, as well as back home in Australia, um, come from different countries than the local culture. It's a lot of migrant workforce. And a lot of them come from countries where coffee is drunk very differently and it plays a different role in uh, their day-to-day life. And that shifts the role and the way that they feel that they engage in the community. So in the next episode, we're going to bring the conversation back to workplace well-being and the role that coffee plays in that. So join us for that, folks. Peace, love, and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, friends. Please don't forget to show us some love by subscribing, liking, commenting, and most of all, sharing this podcast with your friends. Check the show notes for links, including our sponsors and our Patreon. And stay tuned for more great conversations on the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward.